Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 85, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am not joined by Founder Numero Dos this evening. However, I am joined by my other co-host. He's on the on-deck circle. Let's see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Howdy. How's it going? It's going really well. Monday's in the books. Just two more before you and your wife arrive in Atlanta for the playoffs. And um, I'm just hanging on for dear life. I I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a hell of a Monday. But I am so stoked for playoff baseball. We got all the times, all the lineups today. So we're going to be kind of going through that. And lots of good stuff. But I can't wait to come out to Atlanta. Yeah, dude, I'm. I, I need a break. This yeah. is gonna be fun. I think so too. I'm really excited to see what playoff baseball back in Atlanta is gonna be like. You know, there's a lot of fair weather fans out there um, in Atlanta for baseball, but there's also a small contingent of extremely diehard fans. I guess that's that's probably not too different from many ma- major metro areas, but like in Georgia, football comes first. Yeah. So to see a lot of people out there cheering on a team that's really good um, is exciting, regardless. I guess. Do we know, is Acuna going to play? He's going to play, right? I think he's going to play, yeah. They've been resting him a lot right now just because, I mean, why not? You may as well take your time with it, you know? Yeah, when they clinched, there was no chance of him getting a 40-40. Yeah, and and I'm honestly fine with that because I'd rather have him for a playoff run. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, man, it's a, it was a hell of a season overall. I am just beyond myself as to how it ended for me but you know it is what it is we've talked about that a ton to death really uh but <laughs> i'm still excited that playoff baseball is here but i've been really dejected from baseball for like a month now i feel like yeah i think given that there were some pretty high hopes for the boston squad that's a pretty natural reaction um you've had some time for their elimination to sink in because mm-hmm. it's been a couple weeks i suppose yep. but hope, hopefully you can Um, revel in the magic that is the playoffs with no real um, biases and you're not really rooting for a team like your home team like yes you might like really get excited about watching the Braves game but you're not going to go fucking ham yeah Um, and you can really start to like you can enjoy it a little bit more be on the outside looking in yeah it is Um, nice that part is good and I I think that's a good way to look at it I mean I'm definitely going to be wearing my Acuna shirt I mean come on yeah but uh, oh yeah I I just I'm I'm it definitely sucks the way it ended. I mean, I haven't stopped watching games, but it, it's just one of those where it, it's the just the proverbial eye roll where you're just like, of course, Matt Barnes blew this save or, you know, whatever it is. Like, uh, I just I think the biggest talk, though, has been Mookie leaving. And I think everybody knows that writing's on the wall, which just sucks so bad. How can you let a guy like that go, though? Is it just cap space, really? 
but there is no cap. I mean, at the end of the day, so you know. I, what, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but I did. Well, I but there's the luxury tax thing, and that's that's what this comes down to. And uh, we're gonna go into this in a little while, so that's part of my POS corner. So I don't want to kill it too bad. But I mean, we're talking about saving twenty million dollars in savings by not by letting this guy walk and you know not doing this big deal. Like, I get that you don't want to add payroll. You want to try to get under that, but you're about to let. JD Martinez and Mookie walk out the door. Like I don't know how you just let that happen. Mookie more so than anybody else. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a guy that could be an MVP. Yeah, exactly. He he was an MVP or a World Series MVP anyway. But still, like, it just absolutely beyond me. But we'll get into that here in a little while. But yeah, it's it's been it has been kind of nice in a way though to watch them and just. See how really bad they are because they're bad. Dude. They're just terrible and ass. Ugh. Do we need? We should talk about um, what the Boston Red Sox and the Texas Rangers did the other day. Mm, do you see yes. this? Let, yeah. So let's talk about this. Let's do that right now. Okay. Well, I can give you a high level Please. overview of, or give you some context there. So the Rangers and the Boston Red Sox are playing a game. I think at Globe Life. Yeah, just the other and, day. And um, both teams are eliminated. There's there's really no meaning to the game at all. Mike Miner, however, on the mound, uh, he's starting for the Rangers, and I think he's maybe like six or seven, maybe like eight Ks from 200 for the year. So um, our manager gives him an extremely long leash. He's out there giving up home runs. I think he gave up five earned. Just one rope after another. So the the Red Sox recognize that, uh, Alex Cora really, he recognized that, they were trying to reach that statistical milestone for Mike Miner. And so he, Alex Cora had all the Red Sox hitters swinging at every single possible pitch just to try and get a piece of it so that they couldn't get that milestone. It's like, it's a real cripple fight over a non anything. Like it's right. just a stupid milestone. I get it. The manager, you know, Woodward wants to get uh, Miner that, that 200 K mark. Um, I that. think that's fine. Alex Cora going out of his way to not make that happen, I think is both hilarious and a little bit of a dick move, but I, the kind of dick move that I can get behind. Absolutely. No, I, I'm 100% with you, and everybody was really, like, it seemed like there were a lot of hot opinions about that for some reason, and it's like, these are two teams that really don't matter. Like, I don't, I don't know why it's such a big deal. And, like, it was really funny because I always love the people that know me and how I react, like especially like on Twitter and stuff like that about like things that happened with the Red Sox. And I think everybody really wanted me to be all bent out of shape about it. And I just wasn't, I was like, you know what, whatever, who cares, man. It just yeah. hasn't been like, I, I don't measure my success in little wins like that. I get like, like that's a big deal for Mike minor. I don't really give a fuck. Even if he was on my team, I wouldn't care. So I, just, I think for a lot of people that might feel like a quintessential Boston dickhead move, what um, giving a fuck or, and, or being an asshole? Yeah, to like to totally fuck with somebody's ambitions of getting that to that milestone. Yeah, oh yeah, um, absolutely. And your sights were set so much higher than stupid shit like that. So I'm not surprised it rolled off your shoulders. Exactly, and that's kind of where it comes down to. And I think every like people were like trying to kind of like poke at me for this, and I was like, I'm not going to react to this. This is not really news. Like this right. is just sort of we're just kind of plugging along here. This doesn't really matter. So to the to the layperson, many of the things that were going on in this game were were pretty subtle. They might not have picked up on it, like swinging out a lot of you know shitty pitches. Um, it really sort of became extremely clear what the Rangers were trying to do. When uh, I forgot who was up to the bat, but he basically hit a, a pop up in foul territory, like easy out for Ronald Guzman, and then 
uh, the catcher at the time told him to drop it. So he intentionally missed a pop-up in foul territory so that Mike Miner had a, you know, another chance to K this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when everyone really caught on. They're like, oh my God, they're just trying to get strikeouts. But like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm fine with that, I guess. But I, I, whatever, man. It just doesn't really matter to anybody. I, I, I mean, thought I it can, was hilarious. Yeah, no, it's definitely funny. I mean, it, it's it's just not that big of a deal, I guess. I mean, it is for him. And I was looking at his season overall. I mean, Mike Miner had a 3.59 ERA. He pitched, he was, you know, he uh, completed 32 games, not completed, but or I'm sorry, pitched. He had a win-loss of 14 and 10. He was in 32 games. He had pitched 208 innings. That's a great year for him. Like, as far as longevity goes, especially for someone who's always been really injury prone. Yeah, it's a great season for him. He had his ups and his downs, but I would say more ups than downs. He was hit by seven pitches I'd like to to throw in there. I don't know how that's possible. Mike Miner hit by seven pitches or hit seven Oh, no, seven sorry. Batters? I'm sorry. He, uh, he times hit by pitch. Yeah, that's what Baseball Reference tells me. Hmm. He had eight the year before that, which is just as shocking to me. Damn consistent. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I guess I would think that would be way more of a National League team thing. Yeah, that, hmm, interesting. Yeah. But uh, I guess that kind of brings us to the other thing about the Rangers in general, Globe Life Park. R.I.P.? Is that? R.I.P., yeah. They ruined it, right? I mean, if anybody who followed the construction of that place, it was built specifically so that the wind would take the ball out to right field. They called it the jet stream. Right. Um, It was designed in that way, and, you know, they positioned the field and oriented it in such a way that they'd get that wind. And then they started doing construction. They fucked it all up. Yeah, they. So, that's a good point. I actually didn't really even think about that. Is that a big story out there? I haven't even heard about that. It's not that big a story because um, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But that is 100% true. Like okay. They sense. built that stuff in the outfield, in center field. They put that big um, scoreboard on top of the upper deck. Mm-hmm. All of these things culminated with ba- basically meaning no jet stream at all. Mm-hmm. And for a team that you know has home run prowess... Yeah, uh, didn't really do us any favors. But um, that being said, super looking forward to Globe Life Field. Yep, field. That's going to be fantastic. Indoor baseball in Texas. Call count me in. Yeah, absolutely. I man, even I saw the videos coming out. I think I sent you the one of the progress of the new stadium. It looks really cool. Um, yeah. I love time lapse videos like that. I know, but they're so cool. But um, I just like even watching some of the the videos and stuff that people were putting out as tributes. I know Fox Sports Southwest did a really good one with. Uh, Oh, God, I always forget his Eric Nadell and like, yeah, you know, like all those tribute videos were really cool. I think the coolest thing that they did, I mean, they had a bunch of people back, obviously, like Mike Napoli, just, you know, people that have meant a Ooh. lot to this organization. The best thing that they did was having Neftali Feliz back and honoring him because without, <sighs> yes. with, I mean, regardless of how it, things ended here, he, they wouldn't have gotten where they did without him. No, I think he had like 50 plus saves one of those seasons. He was electric. Absolutely electric. Didn't they try to make him a starter for a while? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, that was bad. They tried to make him a starter. That didn't work. I'm glad that we're kind of past that point in baseball where, oh, we've got a guy that throws hard. Let's try to make him throw a lot more innings doing it. Right. I think largely you're right. Those times are behind us. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you're saying goodbye to a place that, I mean, truthfully didn't really need to be replaced. It's true. I think what I'm most excited about with this new place, aside from the air-conditioned baseball in Texas, is really just seeing what some of the eccentricities of that park are, because every park has them. Yes. 
It feels to me, just based on like the mock-ups I've seen, it feels like it's kind of a Minute Maid clone mixed with the ballpark in Arlington. I agree with that. And, and I'd be okay with that. Minute yeah. Maid plays really well for hitters. It's a really cool park, I think. And they have, like, even, because I think about things like advertisements. And, like, you look at pictures of, like, the Green Monster, for example, in, uh, two, like, 2004 and seven, whenever the Red Sox, you know, for, finally kind of broke the curse and everything. Like, there was, like, no ads on the Green Monster. And that's unfathomable now. It really is. Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things, man. I'm excited for to see just kind of some of those eccentricities and what they're going to come up with and what's going to, you know, what's going to play well and what's not. Yeah. I think that's going to be really cool to watch. Do you know if they have the dimensions of the field yet? Like distance to left field wall, distance to center. Is it going to be a hitter's park again? Uh, that's a good question. Let's look at the Google machine real quick. I would like it if it was a balanced ballpark. Um, that way it would be easier for us to attract good pitching. The air conditioning will go a long way in doing so, but like there were a lot of people who didn't want to come pitch here because of the heat. Yes. And, it's, and I don't it's blame dangerous. them. <laughs> I don't blame them. Uh, the yeah. outfield dimensions are expected to be similar to what they are at Globe Life Park, 332 feet down the left center field line, 390 to left center, 404 to straightaway center, 377 to right center, and 325 down the right field line. That's pretty similar. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big a short park. right field wall. Yeah, it is. That's a big park, though. What's the right field at uh, Yankee Stadium? Mm, good question. Let me because that is super short. I, I think it that might be similar. Maybe like 305. Slander the Yankees for a moment while I tell you. Um, Slander the Yankees? Oh, my. God, they're so good, though. How can I possibly do that? They ended the season with 103 wins. Yeah, it's a pretty good um, season. It's not 108, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, they scored 943 runs. Like that, that team's so fucking good, but the, their pitching will be their downfall. Correct. And fuck, fuck you, Yankees. You I beat know. the shit out of me for seasons after just for years. 314 is okay. what the uh, the Yankee Stadium right field is. 314 feet. That's damn short. I like that. Yeah, so I... I man, like, I think it's kind of cool that... I really hope that they, like, consider doing some of the things that, like, kind of made the ballpark special and really... I don't know. Like, pay, I guess paying a little bit of an homage to it because, like, the, the old place, while, like, so iconic, it's not going to be there for too long, right? Like, eventually no. they're just going to tear that down. Yeah, they'll tear it down eventually. I think they've done, just from, again, what I've seen visually, there's a fair amount of red brick on the outside, which to me was the hallmark of the ballpark. Um, yes. Really old school look. I really appreciate that. I, I also personally don't think there's anything technically wrong with the, the current situation except for no roof. Yeah. Um, so it, from visually, it looks like they've transplanted that sort of old-timey feel with brick uh, over to the new stadium. Doesn't it? But I mean, doesn't it kind of feel like, though, they should just kind of pull the Band-Aid off and just tear it down, though? I mean, what, what are we really yeah. waiting for, you know? Yeah, I think they should tear it down. I would 100% buy some seats and put them in my basement. I think that would be a wise purchase. I don't have any get problem a, with that. Get a four section of seats. I got plenty of space down there. There you go. I think, I mean, I just, I, you can't think that they're going to keep an extra ballpark next door for too no. long. They'll sell it off brick by brick. Yeah. And I, uh, dude, that's, so there was a, a thing back whenever Fenway turned a hundred where you could have gotten your name and in, in, like etched in a brick and put in the sidewalk. It was like a hundred dollars, but I was in college. Like I just didn't really have that kind of cash laying around. Yeah. 
I'm so pissed at myself still to this day because they they put the brick down and then they also sent you a replica brick. Oh, nice. And I mean, I love a good brick on my mantle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't say that every day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm with you. There, there are lots of things, not to get off topic too much, but lots of things that seemed very expensive 10 years ago mm-hmm. that I, you know, definitely yeah. should have purchased. I know. That's all right, though. We... We, uh, I, I got some t-shirts. I think that maybe counts close. No, it doesn't. I can't put that t-shirt on the man. Bought, bought some hoagie rolls and some beer. <laughs> yeah, no no meat in them, though. Got uh, all the money on the, the rolls, that's for sure. Oh, that's for sure. Well, I'm, I'm definitely kind of sad to see Globe Life go. Obviously, I didn't have the attachment that you guys do to it. But it's, man, it, that was a great ballpark. And I, I, we had some great times at that place together. And, for uh, sure. you know, I, I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's one of those things where maybe it's a little bit too soon, but you can't put a price on the air conditioning, even though they will. Yeah, they will. And they should. Those tickets um, are going to be outlandishly expensive to start the year. I have a feeling. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's going to be fantastically expensive. But um, I think it's going to be a great product, not just the the ball team eventually, mm-hmm. but that whole surrounding area seems really cool. It's obviously going to be state of the art. Um, so it should be pretty sweet. Sad to see the other ballpark go. I was trying to do like a loose estimation of how many games I've been to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about 500. Wow. That ballpark. That's pretty good. We had, we had full season tickets. We went all the time. Yeah. You went all the often. time. When I first met you, you went all the time. So, you know, cut that in half and say like probably e- easily eclipsing the 250 game mark there mm-hmm. over what, like 20 years. It's pretty so, good. Sad to see it go because of that and all the moments that uh, are like forever going to live on in my memory, like us beating the Yankees yeah, uh, by striking out A-Rod in the ALCS. That was fantastic. That had to have um, felt great. Oh, man. I saw a video clip of it yesterday. I almost cried. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I know exactly the feeling you're talking about. <laughs> I remember the seat I was in. You know, it's just one of those moments. So sad to see it go, but looking forward uh, you know, I'm not allergic to change, so I look forward to the new the new evolution. If there's anything that you and I are not allergic to in baseball and life in general, it's change. So I think, you know, I think this is going to be for the best. I am an agent of change in many ways, so I embrace it. Indeed. All right. Well, let's jump into the POS quarters. We've got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Yay. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. Hello, America. Let's talk pieces of shit. Uh, In the POS corner this evening, I put myself squarely on on the block. Hmm, This is usually not allowed, but it's your corner, so I'll let you do whatever you want. So the rule is we're not allowed to put each other in there. Ah, Nobody said that we can't put oneself in there. I think you are have already done this. That's fair. I actually did that last week. So I'm an idiot. Never mind. Go on. So I am putting myself in there because I uh, had a very poor prediction that the Mets would make the second wild card spot and then lo- losing the wild card game. I don't know quite what compelled me to do this. I think it's just the raw talent on that team. 
But um, in hindsight, that's a real piece of shit prediction. Um, we all knew they were going to fall apart. You guys said that that would happen and that I was stupid. Um, you were correct. I'm a piece of shit for believing this. I was looking at some of their players. Uh, the talent is so very clearly there. Yes. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Zach Wheeler. They now have, um, what's the guy they got from Toronto? Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman. Yep. Uh, Robinson Cano. Um, although Robinson Cano did not have a great season. He played 107 games. He had a war of 0.3. Um, he is making $24 million this year. And a quick back of napkin math, that's 50 times more than Pete Alonso. So that's absurd, number one. Uh, I, I just I want to remind everybody what war means. That's wins over replacement. That means the amount of wins that you're worth based on the next average player at your position. Point three for this guy. I mean, Robbie Cano is like a million years old at this point, right? He's quite old, yes. So, I mean, I, I, I guess that's not too far off. See, I think that you're... About 36, I would, 37. Yeah, there you go. I think that you're... You putting yourself in the POS corner for the take is not necessarily a bad take because I think at the time everybody kind of felt like, you know, maybe something was kind of happening there. And it's not like we haven't seen that in our lifetime by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm also fairly certain that Ben jumped right on the bandwagon with you. Did he? I mean... We should go back and listen. It, I think he did. I think it's a pretty bad take. Looking back, I'm not really sure what I was thinking. Just the talent is the one saving grace there. That that name list is incredible. I got Wilson Ramos. I didn't even get into some of the yeah like B-list players who are fantastic. Um, Ahmed Rosario. Bad take. Really good. I'm a piece of shit. So. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a terrible take, but I mean, I get where you were kind of coming from and what light you were seeing, but I just... When it comes to this stuff, I'm always like the naysayer guy. I'm always the prove it to me first kind of thing. And that's served me pretty well over time because teams just, I say it all the time on all the other shows and everything too. This is really not that hard, but teams just manage to fuck it up so often. And it's just crazy to me. And I, I mean, I can't believe Mickey Calloway hadn't been fired yet. The, yeah, the like, I use the metrics 15% of the time thing that. Is that not a good that is that's not gonna age well. Screaming at a reporter in the clubhouse, not a great look. No. I mean, you gotta no. think it, he was getting in the way of these guys more than anything else, right? I think so. Yeah. And I was hoping that they would overcome uh their manager and they win despite his tactics. But I would like to give them credit that like whenever so they were one of the first teams to make a trade at the deadline for Strowman, and everybody yeah. killed him for it because it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, honestly. But they didn't give up a whole lot to get him. And no. they got controllable pitching. Like they're gonna be a good team going forward. It's just gonna be a matter of can they actually get out of their own way? That's the yeah. part that amazes me about this is how do you get in your own way so often? Really shooting yourself in the dick there. It's so true. It really uh, I think they went on like a 14 game win streak after the Strowman acquisition, and that got a lot of Mets Nation extraordinarily excited, Jimmy Midtown included. As it should. Um, and that got me really excited. And I was like, these guys are fucking good. They're going to get it done. Um, I mean, and then fail. And then fail in the playoffs. But I mean, Pete Alonso hit 53 home runs this year. Broke the record. Holy for shit. That's absurd. That's so good. And he's I mean, making $555,000 to Robbie Cano's $24 million. And they're just going to fuck it up. Is, is the, that's the problem here. It just it really is astounding that you've got... I mean, you've got some real duds on this payroll. Like Rajai Davis, that's a dud. Ooh. 
You know, like you've got uh, what's his name with the broken feet? Uh, <laughs> Antonio it? Brown? No. <laughs> good, good cross sports <laughs> metaphor uh, joke there. Um, no, uh, what's his fucking face? Uh, the dude who broke his feet uh, or the, his foot on the the on his ranch at the beginning of the year. I can't, oh, why can't I remember his name? He's so yeah, good. He for the uh, Yohannes Cespedes. Yeah, Yohannes Cespedes. There you go. He's not even showing up on Baseball Reference anymore. Wow, I don't think he played a game because of his injuries to his feet. Some sort of some sort of ranch accident where he injured both feet. Yeah. I think it was either a plowing accident or maybe he jumped off a roof or something. Didn't we wildly speculate on a lot of things that could have happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. We totally did. Yeah, that sounds like something we would do, that's for sure. <laughs> but I mean their pitching was really good this year, like Thor through 204 innings, like that's No, I'm sorry, 197 DeGrom at 204 innings. I mean, DeGrom had a 2.43 ERA. That's a pretty damn good year. I know Syndergaard, uh, he crept up a little bit. He was at a 4.28, but he I think that had a lot to do with whenever he got hurt and when he you know, kind of crept up there a little bit. Yeah, they collectively have an amazing ERA for starting pitching. Ed, Edwin Diaz shit the bed like I've never seen before. Oh, my God. How good was he with Seattle a couple of years ago? So good. He had a two se- uh, win-loss of 2.7, a 5.59 ERA. And he had 36 runs on 58 hits. 36 of those earned in 15 home runs. Not and a great two, Yeah, 2.3 home runs per nine innings. <laughs> That's pretty bad for a guy that pitches in short relief. <laughs> I, I would give up less home runs than that. I strongly agree. And you remember, I was screaming for the Red Sox to trade for him. But I was also screaming for the Red Sox to trade for anybody, period. Yeah, that's true. So Who's, I, who's to say? Definitely. Well... I get where you were coming from, man. Like the excitement was definitely there. The talent is there, like you said. It's just they don't they don't ever get out of their own way. They just don't. I fell victim entirely to the the very attractive um, talent pool they have. So and understandable, any, but I I will never live it down myself. I, I'm holding myself accountable for this garbage. I, I do appreciate a, a good holding yourself accountable take. I'm a, I'm a high self monitor. I know when I'm fucking up. Yes. All right, so I've got a really a, a good POS that I've been been kind of waiting for for a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm going to put a more of a general population in the POS corner this time. So this isn't really Uh-oh. a specific. I'm going to I'm going to play my Ben card. I'm just waiting for this. Go ahead. Uh, it's a gin pop, if you will. Um, but what I'm careful. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm really really upset about this week is the uh, I, I would so I guess in this POS quarter I'm going to put the subsection of fans that think it's their job to worry about how much money owners spend. Yeah. So anybody that worries about a baseball team or any other team's payroll needs to go fuck themselves. Period. It's not your job to worry about whether John Henry is under I, I'm going to the Red Sox here cuz of course is under the fucking luxury tax. Who cares if that billionaire has to pay an extra twenty million to keep a competitive team on the field? It's no it's a good thing, right? And the the fans are paying for this. That's what gets me. The fans are paying the ticket prices. The fans are paying the the uh, the merchandising for the food for the whole ballpark experience. This is the fans' money. I get that. So why are you worried about how he spends it? And I just it drives me up a fucking wall because there's this subsection of fans that think that, oh, well, the Red Sox have been overspending the most expensive payroll in baseball for the last three years. Of course they've got to get under the luxury tax. Of course they shouldn't pay Mookie bets. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I, I see what you're getting at here. 
It's none of their business, and who cares? Right. Like, these these owners are making money hand over fist off of you. Like, that's what and these the, people aren't seeing. And the taxes go to the government to do good things, presumably. Right. And that's my whole point. And, like, I understand that, you know, there's no cap in baseball, which is supposed to be, you know, supposed to be kind of the thing here. So, I mean, it, I really think, honestly, and this is something that the players are going to argue for in the CBA – they need to get rid of that luxury tax entirely. Like it, we're past the point where, I mean, if the A's want to go out and spend, they should spend. But I don't think that they need to. Like they figured out how to cobble things together. The Rays are a great example of this too. Were yeah. they able to to cobble good teams together to get yes. to the playoffs? You don't like, and more times than not, when you ever you go out and have the most expensive payroll in baseball, it doesn't work. Yeah. So it's like, true. let let fucking teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox go out and spend that kind of money. And build a team the way you know how to build a team. Yeah. Can we... Okay, you made a couple of call-outs there. They're all American League teams. And this is a total tangent from your POS, so maybe we should get to it in a minute. But no, go ahead. I was thinking the top two spending teams in my mind are always the Yankees and the Red Sox, both AL teams, both in the same division. The two teams that are the best at this money ball shit, also in the AL, the A's and the Rays, they're practically the same composition right? Um, and the same strategy. Like, what the fuck's the NL doing here? So I think it's different whenever you have to pay for home runs. Yeah, it's got. I mean, that's the only thing I can possibly think of. I'm I'm pulling up payrolls right now here for a second. I want to see. I want to look at some team payroll here for just a moment. So that's a really good point. I mean, you've got your DH slot in the American League, and you're you need another heavy hitter in there, ideally, to get home runs. So yeah, there's a lot more pain for that in the AL than the NL. Definitely. So right now I'm pulling up Sports Track. And your your flexibility with your roster day to day is so much greater. You can have um, a deeper bench that you get to use more often. Absolutely. So, all right. So here we go. So let's let's talk about the some high payroll teams here for just a moment. So number one is the Red Sox at two hundred twenty nine million. This is for for twenty nineteen. That's a lot of money. I give you that. That's a shitload of money. And on the twenty five man roster, you've got one hundred sixty five million there. So, so that first number is just ten Robinson Canos. Correct. <laughs> Or 500 uh, Pete Alonzo's. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about depth. Um, <laughs> you could they, would run, stri- they, would, they would strike out 5,800 times this year. Right. You could, you could run Alonzo's out there until you find the right <laughs> five to pitch. Um, and you've got $37 million in injured reserve money. But that's like Chris Sale and all that, even though his extension hadn't kicked in yet. David Price, all that. Uh, who do you think is number two at $218 million? Um, Cubs? The Cubs. That is correct. 197 million of that is on their 25 man, which is okay. interesting. Um, just given that they have majority of their talent up in the big leagues is what that looks like. Yeah. So, and then the Yankees come in at number three at 218 million as well. So that's right on that mark. The Dodgers are number four at 200 million, and the Giants, which is, this surprises me, are number five at 173 million. Really? God, that's a lot of money per loss. I agree. And let's look at the A's. Why don't we? So look, actually, at the very bottom of the list, who do you think is last in payroll expenditure? Uh, Orioles. The Rays at $63 million. Wow. Playoff team, I might add. Yeah. Also, the uh, A's are at number 25 with $92 million. So that's actually that's, I mean, it's thirty million more, but I mean, uh, yeah. Which team's better? 
in your opinion? Mm, it's really hard to say because those teams are so janky. Like yeah. they're just they're differently put together than what we're used to seeing. I'm gonna give it to the A's. I think so too. I think they're scrappy enough, but I also, man, I wouldn't sleep on the Rays by any means. I really don't know, to be honest. That's gonna be really interesting to watch that play out. God, they both have great pitching staffs. Agreed. They really do. So that's going to be a fun, you know, kind of thing to watch. And we'll get into the playoffs here in just a second. But regardless, my POS of the week, fans that judge payroll and think that they know better than billionaires and all that. Like, come on. What are we doing? Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, it's good stuff. That's the POS quarter for the week. I thought for sure you were going to, like, call out the entire country of the Dominican Republic. (laughs) No, not going to do that. I already got the gin pop thing going on. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I want to, since Ben's not here, unfortunately, Ben, I, I would say if there's anything that Ben is great at on this show, it's taking us in great directions no matter where we're at. Um, oh, yeah. But unfortunately, I don't have a great tie-in for the ad read, and I'm just going to read it because that's that's where we're at today. Ben's out of the office. You know, it's good stuff. So uh, today's show is brought to you guys by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a free title, and get started listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. Get started now. All right. So last week, we talked about manager firings. And since then, we have had a lot of updates, lots of things going on with uh, different managers around the league. And I think we'd only had like maybe the Padres manager fired at that point. And we've had, I think, a couple more. We, we've definitely had a couple more since then. Um, I guess we start off with the biggest one, the biggest name out there, Joe Madden getting fired from the Cubs. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, he had over 400 wins across five seasons. I think it was like 470 or something like that, like an incredible number of wins. This was the first year they didn't make the postseason under him. Um, and you know, they came to a mutual agreement that between he and Theo, that, um, he wasn't going to be there anymore. So it's, he did really well. So like they should look back with pride or he should look back with pride on what he did and the team should be thankful. I'm curious why. I think that like at the end of the day, when you've got the second biggest payroll in baseball, like somebody's going to pay a price for a season of a missed playoffs. It's, it's, I look at this the exact same way that Dave Dombrowski just paid the price for it too. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, it sucks, but like, man, he lost that team a little bit, and like, he's such a good manager with like young guys getting the buy in, and like, at some point, you just don't really need that kind of guy. Like, that's why John Farrell lasted as long as he did in Boston, aside from the cancer thing, was just (laughs) because he, like, he really and truly, like, they didn't need him to win a World Series in 2013. Like, there's some things that are just out of the manager's hands, but there are some times that are very much in their hands, and I think that's why they hired him in the first place. Yeah, it's a good point. He's a player's coach. All the players love him, especially those young guys. He's a great developer of um, like team chemistry and culture in the clubhouse. So he did great things there. I guess, what's he going to go do next? I like. I think somebody here called out, it might have been you, maybe he go plays uh, or manages the Padres. I think that's a great call. Yeah, so that's been my take other than, so some things opened up today, which we'll get to in a second, that I think change things a little bit so his total career he's got a 1252 wins and 1068 losses that's a pretty decent career over let's see 12 years something like that and many of them with the rays who had no payroll at all correct correct so i i mean i so there are a couple of things that came up with this i didn't realize that he started in the angels organization 
and a oh. and the Angels fired Brad Osmus today after one season, which I don't like Brad Osmus, so I mean I get where they're coming from there. But you gotta think if you're firing your manager after one season, you gotta think you're probably gonna be able to get somebody like a Joe Girardi or like a, a big name like that. You think and, they're gonna get Joe Girardi? I'm just saying, what? like, you gotta have a reason. To, you don't just go fire your manager after oh, one yeah. season if you don't know that you have a shot to get somebody. And I think they have a good shot at getting Joe Madden, to be honest with you. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, they do have a lot of young talent. Could you, yeah, him and Trout, they'd get along famously. They really would. But, I mean, the only crappy part about this is he's taken over a team that just lost 90 games. Yeah, the Angels aren't good, and I don't like them. Agreed. <laughs> Strong agree. <laughs> I understand why you don't like them, but I really just don't like them either. I don't like their approach. I don't like anything that they do. I never really have. Most of that was because of Socha. What a piece of shit. Yeah, he really was a piece of shit. <laughs> he was the worst. <laughs> Sitting in coffee houses drinking by himself. Um, so, <laughs> moving forward with the Cubs, I mean, who do you think is a good replacement here? For the Cubs? Jesus, I don't know. They, they're going to they're gonna promote some bench coach from another team who's super important. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't think you can do that with that kind of payroll. I think you've got to bring in somebody that's got some experience. But God, who's that, though? I so, don't know. Uh, the two names I've seen floated around. So one I think will happen. The other I don't know about is Joe Girardi. I just brought him up. Uh, he's from Chicago. He kind of. Oh. I've heard he's kind of been waiting out the Cubs job. He had the option to take the White Sox job. Didn't want that. Don't blame him. Um, and then the other name that I think is absolutely going to happen just because this this is just the way these things go is David Ross. I just I almost guaranteed. God damn it. He, he would fuck that up so hard. Would he? Because I don't know, dude, because he's so well respected with that group after winning with them. Well, yeah, respected, but like that doesn't qualify you to be a good manager. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. I don't, I'm not saying it'll go well, but I just think that's what they're going to do. Joe Girardi's a boob. I don't think he belongs in that clubhouse either. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I see Joe Girardi. I don't know where I see Joe Girardi going, but I feel like he's probably going to manage again, right? Yeah, I think so. He's not very good in the call box. No, he's really not. He shouldn't have been fired from the Yankees in the first place. You know what he really likes to do is wear suits that are way too big for him. Way too big. It's like he just didn't want to quite retire them, and he's just swimming in those damn things. I love that you know exactly what I'm talking Absolutely. About. I've thought it a million times and actually thought to text you about it a lot and just never really got around to it. But I guess that moves us on to the Angels a little bit. I mean, they fired Brad Osmus today. I mean, again, it clears the way for somebody that's really, you know, accomplished. And I mean, I know you don't really like Brad Osmus either. I mean, what's your general thought on him? Uh, I have no like super negative or super positive thoughts. I'm neutral on the man. He's done a number of okay things over time. Yeah. And that's literally the extent of what I know or can say with any confidence. I mean, he had that that Detroit team clicking whenever Prince Fielder and all of them were yeah. really, really good. But I mean, that team was loaded. Yeah, I'm not sure how much that was him. Right. I mean, he played them correctly, but I mean, they, they never won a ring, so I guess it didn't really matter. They made a couple CSs, didn't they? They did, but they <laughs> that was my favorite year ever with Prince Fielder and the belly slide in the third. It will forever be one of my favorite baseball things. But um, just dragged. Yeah, that and Pablo breaking a belt. That, those are two of the most hilarious things I've ever seen on a baseball. Field. Man, I miss Prince Fielder. I know, dude. I li I came around on him so much. I fucking hated his ass whenever he was in Detroit. Yeah, he was good. He was a good Ranger. I liked him. Yeah, I, I really felt bad for him because his career ended way sooner than it should have. I wonder if he would be not a candidate for like a managerial job right away, but like if he would return and do some coaching with the team, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I think that you've I mean. I don't know. I think he's got the right baseball mind for it. I think so, too. He's also just a really nice guy. 
Um, and he knows how to like stimulate strong clubhouse feelies. Yeah, I agree with um, that. He's probably still enjoying like full-time family man stuff yeah. after baseball for so long. Which is absolutely fair. I, I think it's it was definitely, I don't know, you got to have a little bit of time out from that stuff too. I, it's, yeah. it's such a grueling, I mean, you think it's grueling to watch. Try going on the road for half of those games. and Oh yeah, his body's wrecked. Yeah. He needs some time. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm really curious at what the Angels are going to do. I just can't think. I can't help but think that they made a move like this without knowing, you know, yeah. what they're doing. But man, like Joe Madden is such a better fit for the Padres. I think he. Yeah, I agree. There's more young talent there. They they have more of an upstart feel, and that's what Joe does really well. Really, well. the Angels have been like firmly a four out of ten for like ten years with a lot of talent too. Yeah. But also a lot Mike of expensive Trout and Otani and yeah, they have no pitching to speak of. They never have. I mean, they went seventy-two and ninety this year. Yeah, if they had Otani pitching, you could probably give them eight more wins. Could we do a quick check-in real quick and see how many wins we had? Both of us had them at. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, pull that up. I'll I'll continue slandering for a second. Please I just slander. I like so. I mean, I guess they've just moved Otani straight into a hitting role. Which I'm good with. That's what needed to happen. He never needed to be both. But how does that work with an injury like that? I don't understand how the, the doctors could clear him for such activity. I'm with you, but I guess it just doesn't really affect it because he had 425 plate appearances this year. Uh, he had he hit 286, on base 343, slugged 505, OPS of 848. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout was absurd. <sighs> Uh, he had 600 plate appearances with uh, a 291 batting average, a 438 on base, a 645 slugging, and an OPS of 1083. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right. I've got our Angels numbers here. All right. You had them winning 80 games. Okay. So, okay. I had them winning 89 games. Wow. Wow. I thought so, they were going to be good. I, 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 thought, I think we all thought that. I mean, they won 72, so that's just a miss on everybody's part. Oh, yeah. That's bad. Mm. I'm going to do some some analysis now that the season is over and see who who was wrong the most. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have an episode where we get into that for sure. So I'm just going to tell you right now that I had the Yankees winning 102 games, oh and they God. won 103 games. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Pretty much perfect. Pretty much dead on the, on the, the mark there. <laughs> But I just, uh, I don't know, man. I think that it's going to be interesting to see where Joe Madden ends up. He's going to manage next year, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's no way somebody doesn't pick him up. Yeah. He's I, talking to people, I bet, right this moment. I agree with you. Uh, he's probably already been talking to people. He knew the writing was on the wall before before it was over. That's so sad. Uh, I liked him in a Cubs uniform. I like that he went and got a storied franchise a win. Yes. And doing what he does best with it, too. And it was yeah. one of those things, like, at the time, I don't even remember who their manager was, but, like, you felt kind of bad for him. It was one of those things that, like, if Joe Madden's available, you can't go not go hire him. Like, you got to do it. And yes. So it kind of, that sucked because I think they just extended their manager. Let me look into that. So, gosh. Joe Madden. Uh, does that team fall apart now? So that's a good question. I don't know what their like free agency stuff is going to be like. Uh, let's take a look at that too. Right when I get done, I mean oh, they've got Rick Renteria was their manager. No, yeah, no, he's not good. <laughs> they He's're were going to run the that back. Now. 
They were going to run that back, too. <laughs> God almighty. Um, okay, so what were we going to look up? Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure. Cubs, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Regardless, I, I'm really interested to see who they're going to go after. Oh, we're going to look at their free agency. Let's take a look at their contract situation here. So I think that I, it's one of those things where I know they have some people like Kyle Schwarber and stuff like that that have got to be up for at least arbitration in their final year at this point, right? God, talk about a guy who had seemingly massive potential and did seemingly nothing with it. He just doesn't belong in the NL. You and I have been screaming that for years. Yeah, it's true. He doesn't. Neither does like Wilson Ramos or yeah, he needs Wilson Ramos needs to be in the AL also. I agree with you. Okay, so we've got God, they've got so much payroll, dude. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not a shock that they're second second in payroll. I mean, they've got on their on their uh pitching staff of loan, you're led by John Lester at 25 million. No, sorry, 27 and a half. It's a 25 million dollar hit to the um to the luxury tax. That's 12.61% of your payroll. God, that's like 58 Pete Alonzo's. I know. And this one's really going to make you slam your head into the desk. Uh, Jason Hayward is their second most highest paid player. Oh, my God. He's been terrible for a while. Now. He makes up. He, he, had a, he had a little bit of a step up this year, but like, wow. 22 and a half million there. He makes up 10.32% of their payroll. Oh, my God. Next down, you've got you Darvish at 20 million a year, 9%. Cole Hamels, 20 million a year, 9% as well. Chris Bryant. 12.95 point oh, about six percent okay. oh this one's terrible tyler chatwood is 12 and a half million with five almost six percent of your payroll that's absurd he that's a guy who did really well in colorado a couple of years ago and everyone was basically saying just get him out of colorado and he'll be a lot better um that proved to be <clears throat> not true yeah that was incredibly wrong <laughs> it was incredibly wrong it really was so let's see. So free agents in 2020. Here we go. This is exactly what we're looking for. So Cole Hamels is going to be a free agent. He should get money somewhere. Probably from them. I mean, I don't know. I, w- I really don't know what a guy like that's value would be at this point. Like it's 15 mil. Old. Yeah, probably something like that. I wouldn't pay more than that, though. So you've got Cole Hamels coming off the bush- books. You Darvish. You've got Ben Zobris, Brandon Morrow, Nick Castellanos. Pedro Strop, Anthony Rizzo, uh, Jose Quintana, oh, Brandon Kinsler. Dude, they may just have a good old-fashioned burn down here. You think so? You almost got to think so, man. They're going to want to get under that luxury tax uh, number as well. Are they, or are you being one of those fans? No, well, I'm not saying they should or anything like that. I don't oh? really care. I, don't, I really don't care myself, but I'm just saying I, you just got to wonder if they're going to be thinking that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would think maybe, yes, they, they got to win. They got the World Series ring. Mission accomplished. They're losing Joe Madden. There's a lot of payroll up to be renewed. Um, it's certainly possible, but they might just double down and try it, try again. They have a lot of good pieces in those in that list of names. It's definitely a possibility. That's for sure. They do have a Rizzo lot of and Bryant and Baez, Quintana, Darvish, Hamels. Like we're talking about some pretty. They got Kimbrel there. If they can clean up that guy's fucking beard and put him on the mound again, that'd be great. Irishman, am I right? Um, shitty. What a shit beard. I can say that because I'm Irish. Um, 94. Anthony Rizzo's got 94 RBIs, 27 home runs, and an, an OPS of 925. You can't let him walk out the door. No, and that's a subpar year for him. 
And it's it's actually kind of ironic because it, it and that's very true. It's actually kind of ironic because I've been screaming for the Red Sox to sign him in free agency because they have a first base problem. They've got to get rid of Mitch Moreland. They, I mean, they're gonna. I've heard that Steve Pierce is gonna retire. I don't want to get into the Red Sox stuff, but like, there's a lot that they can do to shed some of that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they've got to get rid of some of those guys, and they need a quality first baseman. The problem is they're not gonna spend the money to do that. Do you know where Mitch Moreland belongs? Probably back in Texas. Detroit. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Uh, so I'm really, that'll the, be one of the teams I'm most interested to see next year because they've been bad purposely for a really long time now. It's so, true. I mean, you got to think that as long as you haven't royally fucked up the rebuild that, you know, you should have. Well, at this cut. point, at this point, two bags is a veteran. He's experienced a lot of super positive clubhouse things with the Rangers, won a ring with the Red Sox. Um, this is a guy that can bring a lot of know-how to a burgeoning Detroit club that's in the middle of a rebuild. They won 47 games this year. God damn, they suck. <laughs> I almost put them in the POS corner just because of that number. It, it's not the 47 wins that gets you. It's the 114 losses that really kicks you in the face. That is so many losses. Oh, my God. And, I mean, they straight up told Nick Castellanos, like, look, man, we're not in the, the business of re-signing you right now. So, I mean, they... I just feel like they kind of know what they're doing as far as being bad. You've got to think like you don't lose 114 games on accident unless you're like uh, the Orioles. I don't know. Even then, I don't think you can do that. They had the third most runs scored against. It was Baltimore, Colorado, and then Detroit. I mean, can you name any of their pitchers? Name a Detroit Tiger pitcher. The only one I could have given you and he doesn't even pitch there anymore is Shane Green. and He pitches for Atlanta now. No, I can't tell you one. Exactly. They're, they have got to be doing this on purpose. Shit. You got to think so, right? A good baseball fan would know. Buddy. The player's on a shitty team, too. That's not, that's incorrect, because I couldn't tell you one of them either. Let's see. Let's. I, I could name a handful of Marlins. Okay, so Spencer Turnbull. I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, goddamn it. Yeah. Okay, so Jordan Zimmerman is still there. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, this team's terrible. I've never heard of any of them. <laughs> Oh my god! I forget. I always forget about Buck Farmer. That's the best name in the world. I like Tucker Barnhart better. Oh, that's a good one too. He's got good ad reads. Good ad reads. Yes, a good businessman indeed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you just got to think. Like, come on, you, you got to know they're just being bad. I mean, even Miami, who is just putridly terrible, won fifty-seven games and lost one hundred and five. Like that's yeah, that that that's not great, obviously, but. When you're trying to be bad, that's probably what that looks like. I mean, when you're really pissing games away, though, 114 wins is, or losses is brutal. I know Miami was trying to get in the black, but can we just talk briefly about the talent that they've unloaded in the last couple of years and what that team would look like if they kept JT Realmuto, Kristen Yelich, and Giancarlo Stanton? Just and uh, that guy didn't die in a boat crash? Jose Fernandez. Jose Fernandez. I still don't regret trying to trade him to somebody on our fantasy. <laughs> in our fantasy, but they right they actually had some really good turnouts from their pitchers. Caleb Smith was one of the best pitchers for the first half. Yeah, they've got Jordan Yamamoto who did really good things. Wei Ying Chen, medium. He's like a four four five guy, but they they did string together like way more wins than I think I called for. Yeah, so I mean I'm fine with that, but that's a team that's. You know, I mean, they're they're kind of middling through the rebuild a little bit, even regardless of whether they should be there or not. And that's fine. But I mean, when you're having to burn it all the way to the ground like Detroit's doing, that's a rough season. Um, OK, so back to manager firings. Um, 
Clint Hurdle, manager of the Pirates, got fired. That was, I think, after yeah. 11 seasons. Fitting. Is that is that pretty fair? He strikes me because um, the Rangers coach, Jeff Bannister, was the bench coach of the Pirates under Clint Hurdle. I get the sense that Clint Hurdle is an old schooler with little to no interest in using the metrics to make informed decisions. So not at all surprised that they're sucking. Not at all surprised he's getting canned. He will probably pick up a job somewhere else. You doing think so? Coach, coaching, a okay. coaching job. Yeah, 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 a base coach job or something like that. Yeah. I mean, if the Red Sox made a GM their first base coach at one point, like I think that, you know, I, I think that he can... He can find a job somewhere. Is that what Dave Dombrowski's doing now? <laughs> no, that's not what Dombrowski's doing. That was Ruben Amaro <laughs> Jr. Um, so, was it? So, remind me. I always get like the middle, like some of those teams, like the Reds and the Pirates. I don't get them confused, but I get confused as to like things that happen. So, wasn't the Pirates? Weren't they playing the Reds when that whole fight broke out and Trevor Bauer yeah. got traded there and all that? So, but wasn't there also a situation where they had a fight within their clubhouse? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were the case. And I know Keona Kella is there, and that's just a recipe for disaster. We've is he about still that. there? We talked about that. He was a real piece of shit. That's yeah. why he was in the corner. We definitely talked about him before being there. I know he, I'm pretty sure he was still in their, their roster, but I'm reasonably sure they had like an inner team fight, and that's never a good, good thing to happen. No, not at all. That's like um, the Washington Nationals. They do that a little bit too much. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, I, I think they're going to go with a young buck here. I think they're going to find somebody that's, I mean, I've heard names like Don Kelly, Joe Espada, some just younger guys that have kind of been, you know, kind of on the come up. I know Joe Espada was being looked at for the Twins job last year. Um, you know, he was kind of being thrown around in the Red Sox pool, but that was never really serious. That was just like a, one of those, you know, maybe. I mean, mm -hmm. if they weren't going to hire Gary DeSarcino, they definitely weren't going to hire Espada. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. Um, what uh, you called for um, Cervase, the manager of Seattle, to get canned? Do yeah. you still believe that's going to happen? I don't honestly. If it hadn't happened at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you may as well, I guess, roll with it because I mean, they they had King Felix retire. Much respect. That guy never got the the credit he deserved for pitching in a shitty place. Um, I th uh, I I will caveat that with that he got the Cy Young. Um, having despite having very few wins, and that was the first time that that happened. Love that, and that really called for called into question the validity of wins for pitcher stats. A lot of the old school writers still use it. We know that it's useless. That's a team stat, but that was like that was like a linchpin moment for the realization that that's a shitty stat, and he deserved that that sigh. Why does it always take things like that to get people just to use their goddamn heads? I mean, come on. Um, well, you know, there's just there's too many people on the earth, and <laughs> you know, majority of more them than half, more than half of them are stupid. So, yeah, so it's a good point. They, they just happen to occupy every facet of every job that you know because there's so much to be done. It's fair. So there's a fuckload of sports writers, and half of them are stupid. It's a very good point. All right, it's um, just a numbers game. It is a numbers game. Um, so I think the two that we're most surprised haven't been fired yet is, and we've already talked about this already, is Mickey Calloway. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that happens at this point? No, I, I think they either. continue metzing. They'll just they'll keep him. Yeah, I think they'll he run it back one more year. Yeah, they'll definitely give him a raise. I think he definitely because of Pete Alonso's raw talent, he will get a raise. It's absurd. Um, the the one I'm I'm really I think is still going to happen. That I'm surprised hasn't is Gabe Kapler. I mean, there's just too many people in Philly that just think that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, uh, gosh, I don't think he gets fired though. If it hadn't happened by now, you don't think so? 
I just, I don't think it was going to happen even before the season ended. I think he's brand new. It hasn't been that long. It's like his second or third season, right? Second season. Second? Second. They were a 500 team with Bryce Harper on it. 81 and 81. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see that happening. He's a new schooler and they need that with that young, young crew. What if, what if Gabe Kapler was out of the picture? Could you see a Joe Madden doing wonderful things with that young ball club? I could, but I don't think that he would go there. I don't know I don't why think he I would go there either. I, I don't picture that happening. I he seems don't. too nice to want to go live in Philly. I, <laughs> strong agree. Uh, it's really <laughs> interesting if you look at the like just the batting OPSs of of the one through eight lineup for. Uh, I hate saying one through eight lineup because of the obvious National League bullshit. But if you yeah. look at like their OPSs, for example, there's the lowest is 705, the highest is 882 for Harper. So, like, you've got, like, a really consistent lineup there, really and truly. But you got to think that someone with a little bit of experience could get more out of these guys. Yeah. Reese Hoskins kind of shit the bed this season. Bryce Harper had a down season, but by, you know, the by the ju- judging him based on the rest of the uh, – he's been good – in comparison with every other player in the MLB. Agreed. Just an offseason for him. He will bounce back. He will be good. So will Reese Hoskins. They had some injuries both in their rotation and on the field. So they, they are a better team than those numbers suggest. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, we would be remiss if we didn't finish these this thing out. We're talking about the playoff matchups here real quick and yeah. kind of giving a little bit of what we think is going to happen here. And so we've already talked a little bit about uh, the Braves being in, but they will face the Cardinals in the first round. How are you feeling about that? Not good, just because the Cardinals are dastardly and they always find a way to win, despite my strong urge to just choke them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They'll find um, a way. I guess before that, we should have talked about the wild card game, but we'll get there in a second. Yeah, um, I- I'm with you, but I mean, St. Louis's pitching, I think, is far worse than Atlanta's. Oh yeah, for sure. Atlanta's really good. I don't. I just don't expect the Cardinals to lay down and die. I bet it's a, f- a five game mm-hmm. series. I think it's probably going to be four or five games. Yeah, I'm good with that. I think that'll be electric. Um, in the wild card game, we've got Milwaukee facing the Nationals. I think this is one that mostly that surprises me the most. Yeah. Um, so I look at the National League picture in its entirety, and these are the five teams I would expect to be there. Um, but the fact that the Brewers and the Nationals are the ones in the wild card spot, not not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Do, do you think that the, I mean, the Brewers have played really well without Christian Yelich. You got to think that that's going to come to a screeching halt somewhere. So I don't know if you've kept up with Lorenzo Cain's left leg injuries, but mm, he's going to be totally fucked up for this game. He's going to roll his old bones out there and hurt himself even further. It's going to be really ugly. It, uh, I'm sure it is. So, I mean, do you think Washington comes out of this or do you think it's Milwaukee? I do. They got Max Scherzer on the mound. Mm. Um, that Nationals team is really good. And people have been saying that for a long time. They're in the wild card spot. I, I'm not counting them out at all. I, I give it to the Nationals. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I'd, I'd prefer the Brewers here, but I think it will be the Nationals. Um, so the winner of that will basically go on to play the Dodgers. <sighs> so let's, let's go with the assumption that it's going to be Washington here. That's going to be a hell of a series, but the Dodgers should be able to take care of business easily there. Is that pretty accurate? So answer this question. Is Strasburg still pitching or is he injured? He's still pitching. Okay. So they got Scherzer, Strasburg. That's a pretty good one, too. 
I don't think they're going to make it easy either, but I, I do believe the Dodgers probably win it. And if they were to go, that would be best of five. That's going to be five games. I mean, the Dodgers hit an absurd amount of home runs this year. They do, but they've crumbled before. We've seen this oh. time and time again. Yeah, I watched it last year in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, had, uh, they scored 886 runs this year and allowed 613. That Nationals team just has a... They're loaded with talent, too. They're just so much quieter about yeah, it. They're incredibly scrappy, that's for sure. Okay, so on... Very, the, very young squad with Juan Soto, Victor Robles. It's going to be fun. I agree. I still think the Dodgers come out of that. So we'll see how that ends up. Right. We'll, we'll speculate more as we keep going. On the other side of things, the wild card game, Tampa Bay versus the oh, Oakland God. Athletics. I think this is going to be one of the most deeply, games. deeply looking forward to that game. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. That's really going to be like um, if there was a 5A minor league system, that would be the equivalent of the championship game for that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think on the other side of, or on the, the top side of the bracket, you've got. Uh, New York versus the Twins. I know everybody <laughs> is like thinks that's going to be just a cakewalk for New York. I'm not 100% sure that it is. I mean, they had 101 wins. They scored 939 runs, Minnesota did. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think the Yankees have probably been um, easing off the gas for a while now. I mean, they gave up a bunch of losses to the A's and stuff late in the season. Yeah, who cares? But um, the Yankees are going to take that one. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees are just looking at this like, who cares about those? Because, but God, I hope they lose. How oh, cool would that be? That'd be great. And I think, like, I don't think either of these teams pitching is particularly good. No, it's not. It's going to be a fucking slugfest. And when the Twins win game one, I'm going to be so happy. And I'm going to be like, Twins are going all the way. Yeah. No, they're not going all the way. But they're definitely, <laughs> I would love for them to beat the Yankees. Um, so then you've got on the other, so that Tampa Bay Oakland game, the winner of that will play the Astros. Oh, dude, that Astros poor souls, team, dude. I don't think anybody in the AL gets past the Astros. I just don't. So despite the fact that it's the Astros, let's talk a little bit about the strategy that both Tampa Bay and the A's are going to take in this wildcard game. They're going to throw every pitcher at the game. Like there will be 19 pitching changes in this game. Ugh. And it's going to be exhausting, and they're going to tire out their staff. So it's going to be a husk of a pitching staff when they arrive at Houston's doorstep to get their dicks kicked in. Dude, and it's going to be bad, too, because we talked about this already a little bit. You have two of the most likely Cy Young winners on the Astros in Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. <laughs> That's absurd. And then you've they, got Zach Greinke <laughs> as the third we, punch. So when the Astros make it to the World Series, they could very well just use those three guys – on short rest for two cycles and call it a series. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Holy shit. Could so, you imagine face, facing those three guys in a row for six straight games? That would suck, dude. That would really <laughs> suck bad. And so, I mean, it, let's say we get to the end of this and we got the Dodgers versus Houston. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a World Series, number one. Yeah. I, I still think Houston would be better, though. I think Houston's going to just dominate the whole thing. I think so. I, I get the feeling that I get from Houston right now is the exact feeling that I got from the Red Sox last year at this time when they're just about to go on a goddamn tear through the playoffs. Yeah, and you were so right. You're just like, this isn't even... You're, they're just going to win everything. There were moments, of course, of, of doubt. Sure, there always are. You, that's the game. That's I feel the same way that you're trying to express. Definitely. Well, we're going to be keeping up with it. I'm going to be in Atlanta for the first game, so we'll do uh, a review there, and we'll also probably do a little bit of live watch stuff while we're watching game two. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to coming out, man. Yeah, me too. It's going to be great. 
All right, we're going to get things wrapped up. We want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's at Sensibly Loud on Instagram and on Twitter. That's also Sensibly Loud Media on Facebook. And make sure to give us a call. We want to hear from you guys. Play some messages. That number to give us a call in, to leave voicemail, 972-885-9361. We would like to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 85 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Playoffs.